Hold on a second, Brian. Did you move again? No, I didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Graham, you heard him the, diminish the, in volume, the, right? I also heard crackle. Something's going on with your card. Yeah. Okay, oh. everything's the same. Now you're I'm, sounding I'm better. trying not even to move my head. I'm trying oh, to... Oh my god, this is why you have to start the podcast with. Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What? A comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. Well, after 43 episodes, Graham McMillan and myself have finally decided to get with the times and try our hand at interviewing. Our first guest is the owner of Comics Experience, as well as the Savage Critics website and Wait What's patron or patron, Brian Hips. Join us as we discuss DC's upcoming September reboot strategy and its repercussions on comic book retailing, and remember to be kind about our various technical flaws with this strange new world that we're entering. The interview started as a Skype conference call and then changes venues partway through, but we hope you can still hear every desperate-to-be-optimistic word of it. We hope you enjoy, and as always, thanks for listening. You're gonna go swimmingly. Well, so maybe I shouldn't talk unless one of you call on me. I mean... What? Right. Yeah. No. 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 I. I no. I think I, I see. I see what Hibbs is going with because I think there is kind of this thing of like, are we doing this as kind of us interviewing Brian so that we can get a chance for him to speak? I mean, the thing that's ironic is I didn't work up any questions. If so, so I think it'll oh, be. Yeah. I have no questions. What are you talking? I, I'm kind of cautious about it being like two of us talking. Never like Brian. What do you think? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that—that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be. Uh, th- there's, well, you guys both sound great. So I think as long as we actually end up with uh, things to say, we we might not be saying anything good, but it's going to sound beautiful. Right. And, and come on, it's not like we can't talk for an hour about this, like in our sleep. In fact, I probably did last night. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. It's just I think because we all haven't talked together as a group in like a, a while, it's going to be. Fortunately, we're still a little ahead of our curve here. It's not even 11. So we've got a few more minutes to kind of work out the du- the the dugs, the bugs and ease into it, I think. So So we can't start until 11. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying <laughs> yes. Both of you, there, but we're not really talking. Yeah, just <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. No, 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 no. Uh, yes, no, no, no. We can start it. I'm just saying that, like, I, I can edit out the parts of us going like, "Wow, Hibbs, you totally yeah, but, sound but, like but, you." But, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of that stuff, which is going to be pretty natural. So, um, God, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think where to start. Let's let's put it this way, Brian. When is there anything in particular that you were kind of hoping to make sure that you got across during our our brief little hour talking? No, not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, I, as I sent the email to you, I just, I, I, I picked the wrong week to stop smoking or, <laughs> or sniffing glue or however the joke goes. You know, I mean, it, I, I, I have, I have never been so tempted to start smoking again as I have been this week. Yeah. Not that I have, but you know, good. By the way, please don't. No, I no, I won't. I don't want to, so mm-hmm. that's fine. But you know, just the level of stress from this is outrageous. I mean, the 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 scope of it, the the things I've I've written more about comics in this last week than I think I have in the entire year before. Right. You know, and only like none of it is going to be seen by anybody who like <laughs> is a savage critic. You know. <laughs> 
So you're I, saying I, just I, all I, in emails and stuff? Oh, it's all emails and mm-hmm. columns and things. And yes, I mean, there's just so much back and forth. You know, um, uh, the, the, the Comics Pro board of directors, I probably, we probably sent, you know, 500 messages back and forth in the last two days to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, we're just trying to, to wrap our head around how this works and how to make it work. Mm-hmm. and how it can be improved or can it be improved or will they listen to us will they not listen to us is anybody listening oh my god help us is anyone listening <laughs> <laughs> well and and what's your take on that at this particular point on know. you know june 9th I, I don't know i mean I, you know yeah no i mean i think i think that we we've we've had a conference call with um though not on skype which is rather clever um but we had a conference call with uh with uh dc marketing and and such management um and you know they they certainly asked us for an alternative pitch on how to best handle the incentives and things like that Uh um uh you know but i i think that uh, you know trying to figure out what works for three and a half thousand retailers when you only see half of the picture right and you don't really understand how that moving part ha- interacts with this moving part, right. you know, or even what those retailers might want or need. I know what I might want or need, but that may be very different for someone else. And it's it's very hard to get a sense of, you know, the right way to, to proceed in this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I mean, my, my basic position is, is that it, it's almost impossible to order 52 number ones. Yeah. There's, there's right. just no logical way that I can, you know, I, I can order maybe eight of them or nine of them. I know exactly what I'm doing with those eight or nine. I know how to order Justice League by Jeff Johnson and Jim Lee. That's that one's easy, right? Um, but you know, how do you order Batgirl now that mm-hmm. it's Barbara Gordon? You know, is it the same as Batgirl when it was Stephanie? What's her name? Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. But is that more people? Is that less people? Is that I just don't know. I mean, I don't even know who the character is, really. You know, I, mm-hmm. the scope of this is insane. The scope of this is insane. And and I think there are just so many questions around it that trying to figure out that scope. I'm not even sure the DC knows the answers to those questions, you right. know? Right. I, I, just like just like an hour ago, I was just thinking, a stray thought hit me, like, what does this mean for DC Online? You know, the, the video game thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they going to rebuild that entire game and put new costumes? I mean, not that that actually affects me, but do you sure. see what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how far does it go, essentially? Yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you this, because this is a question I, I've sort of wondered. Between the scope of launching 52 number ones and sort of the the – the limited returnability uh, options that DC seems to be putting out, which I have not looked at very closely at all. Would you say that their strategies for dealing with the retailers, such as they are, seem to be favoring the larger retailers over the smaller? No. No, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, the, the in a nutshell, what they've, what they've announced – it, and so far, because I imagine this is going to change, mm-hmm. but what they've announced so far is is basically a three tier structure. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is we don't know what books are in what tier, but one group of books is going to have um, variant covers. Will be its incentive. Right. That'll probably be the sure things. The again, Justice League by by Johns and Lee. Everybody knows how to to order that, so we don't really need any particular tool to order that better. Sure. 
um, at least in terms of the existing customer base. And we should get back to that point because I think that's really the most important part here. Um, so that's one tier. The second tier is is uh, there will be um, deep discounting. Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned, I think, an additional 15%. And again, we don't know how many titles this will be on, but I'm assuming this will be on the things that are iconic books but maybe nobody really knows how to order them. Things like Wonder Woman, let's say, with a completely new creative team. And then the third tier, which is, as they announced, 41 of the 52 books, Mm -hmm. um, will be the partial returnability, where you can return, you have full returns, but in order to return those books, you have to pay 10% of the cover price to do so. Right. Now, paying 10% of the cover price doesn't really make a lot of mathematical sense for what you assume to be the 41 worst-selling books. Right. <laughs> it, it makes sense for the 11 best-selling books. Right. I, I don't know quite how to explain this. They've done this kind of returnability before in the past, and this kind of returnability was has been done on things like 52, for example, where you've, right. got, you've got weekly issues, and we just don't know how to order the weekly cycle at that point. Sure. So what... What that kind of returnability allows you to do is it allows you to go from, um, you know, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that I can sell 50 copies of this book. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can sell 75. So, so the, the, the returnability with a fee on it is to let you stretch to your goal, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So when you're looking at, and I'm just going to pick a book. It's the one I've been beating up on. I don't know why, but Mr. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I look at that book in the as if it was offered as a as an old DC Universe number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would be ordering three or five rack copies of that. Right. You know, because I just with the way that the current interest is in in that character there's none that i can see of it's not a particularly exciting creative team uh uh you know so i don't think i'm going to sell a lot of copies so if i'm paying 10 cents sorry i'm paying 10 percent of the cover price 30 cents a book to send those back right i'm not going to go from five to ten or five to twenty to find out what the ceiling is there's just there's no mathematical way that that works at all Did, did i explain that Oh, it's ringing. It's ringing. I know. Good sign. Oh, I'm hoping. I know. Hey, there we go. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear Graham. There you go. It works. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so sorry about uh, that apparently you suck. Um, Otherwise... (laughs) I knew that anyway, though. <laughs> wow, way to sugarcoat it there. Yeah, I know, I know. I No, I really am frustrated that didn't work out. I don't know why. It started off perfect. But, yeah, there either there's a cord or a sound connection or a USB. Th- Hopefully we will not have those troubles this time around. So, um, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, if you really want to fuck them up, you can just start making noises like get uh, tin foil in front of the phone and just go. Come here, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> no, just fooling. Okay, so we you were talking. Uh, let me ask you another question because I know that you totally got cut off as you were making a very fine point about about the other ones, which is. 
does DC's three tiers of incentives for retailers work against each other? For example, if they're doing, if the top tier for books like JLA is to be like variant covers increases, isn't that just taking money out of the budget for the other 40 some odd titles in, in the line? Uh, well, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's all about whether, it's all about how people are going to react to these books. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and this is the conundrum of, of the retailer right now is I don't know if people are going to react to these books as though they were in the old DC universe. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're just going to pick up a couple books here and there, and most of them they're just going to ignore, or sure. if they're going to, they're going to actually approach this as you know, what DC wants them to, where, you know, I can see a universe, I can easily see a universe where that Mr. Terrific number one, where I would naturally only order three rat copies of the old DC universe. Right. As a new number one, as part of this month-long process, I could see selling 20 or 30 copies of that. Sure. So, so that's, that's the gap that we need to, to, to jump here. You know, I think on the top end, I mean, I think for Justice League, which is a very direct market kind of book. Right. I don't think we have... I think the retailers will know how to order that one sort of under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger questions would be something like a Superman number one or a Batman number one, where if it's a slow news day, mm-hmm. this could be Obama Spider-Man all over again. Sure. Right? right. And, and it could be that for all of the books. Mm-hmm. But we have no way of figuring that out or knowing how people are going to react or whether it is going to be a slow news day or whether people will just go, this is just a huge stunt. I mean, you know, th- that's where the disconnect comes here. So is, is the top level books working to harm the bottom level books? Well, only insofar as that it's very, very difficult to make these decisions 52 times, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I would be, you know, if this was a rolling reboot, mm-hmm. if, if we were looking at, you know, two books a week over 16 weeks or something like that, you know, and then another batch after that, you know, so that it took six or eight months to get to the 52 new titles. Right. I would be a lot more confident about, about how both I would individually react as a retailer and how the market would react. Yes. Um, it's because there's 52 all at once that uh, I, I, I don't think that the market even under the best possible circumstances, and this economy is not the best possible circumstances, has the capital sure. to absorb these kind of books. Well, jumping jumping from you guys, the retailers, which are the, the customers, to your customers, yep. the best case scenario is, is that is that suddenly every DC person spends, what, $155.48 every month? Right with, I well, mean, no, no, no. I mean, I don't think I don't think there's any universe in which that's going to happen. Right, when but... you're looking at every DC customer. No, no. The best the best case scenario, mm-hmm. as far as I believe, mm-hmm. is that the that the, the existing readership will stay basically the way that it is. You may get some people who are formerly Mar- you know, who are primarily Marvel people, becoming primarily DC people, but but the existing marketplace basically washes out. Right. But that you get the lapsed comic reader mm-hmm. to come back, mm-hmm. and you get the I might be interested comics reader, but I've never had an entry point guy mm-hmm. coming in. Right. You know, um, uh, you know. I remember, and 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 
I've told this story too many times now, I think, but I, I remember in 1986 being at Best of Two Worlds up on Hate Street. That was a store that I worked at before I opened Comics Experience. And Man of Steel number one came out, and we ordered a thousand copies of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And I believe we sold like 850 of them, 900 of them, something like that. Right. Um, a different universe, different time. I mean, you know, there's you can't really compare the two things. Right. But that says to me that potentially there are 850 people in San Francisco who might be willing, in my neighborhood, who might be willing to buy a Superman number one for me. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I'm currently selling 22 copies of Superman. Right. How do I make the jump? Right. You know, even to three or 400, which is probably a more reasonable and rational number. You right. Know? Um, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I, you know, I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how the market does that. Um, and, and I've totally wandered off point again, haven't I? No, 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 no. I think because I've, I've, I'm trying to figure out what the, what the – it seems to me that if DC is launching 52 new titles, I think the idea is, is that, you know, again, as I pointed out, for one person to pick up all of those books – you know, with, without a discount. So not talking about yeah, retailers, but, but, but talking that, about customers. That's not going to happen. Well, of course it's not. But why do it if it's not? You know? Because I think if you do enough titles, I think the whole bit is that someone will pick up some of them, and so the whole line as a whole will be raised. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Not- I mean, I think, I think what we want, you know, in a be- this is where I was going with that, right? This is where I was going with that. In a best-case scenario, we raise the base of the, of the lowest-selling DC book, from being the three to five in my individual store right. to being ten to twelve, you know, mm-hmm. if I if I can if I can sell thirty copies of Mr. Terrific number one, mm-hmm. then issue number two I'll sell roughly eighteen, right. and then issue number three will sell twelve, mm-hmm. so that by issue thirteen we're still selling eight or nine copies of that book rather than going from three to two to by issue thirteen I'm selling one copy or maybe no rack copies. Right, you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that would be a you know that would be a, a, an eightfold increase, you know, right. <laughs> on that book. Now you're not going to get an eightfold increase on the top level, mm-hmm. you know. But if if Superman again, if we could sell a couple hundred copies of Superman number one, that gives us a really solid chance of being at fifty or sixty mm-hmm. by issue thirteen. Exactly, and that's where I think that the the potential upside of this exists mm-hmm. um, is is again in the last reader in the people who who. Are interested who are theoretically interested in comics, but just don't know where to start. We could quadruple the number of people reading comics in this business if if we could actually get those two groups to come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, but sorry, go, Graham. Well, I was going to say is what you've got to remember is, and we've talked about this before. DC's problem has been that their mid list doesn't exist. They've got high selling books, but there's maybe like six of them. And then everything else is outsold by Marvel. If they can get their mid list to an acceptable level, I think they'd be happy. But but it seems very difficult to do, of course, when you're launching 52 of them all at once, as opposed to sort of a more staggered rolling relaunch, I guess. Yeah, but unless you're making so much noise that you assume that enough people are going to try them out and enough people are going to come back. Right. It might be that they're not trying to make 52 hits. They're trying to make 12 hits and 40 books that just sell enough to be profitable. Right. I, I, would, I would tend to agree with that analysis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but on the other hand, it puts a tremendous um, onus on the retailer, I think. To Oh, it's completely, it's completely shitting on the retailer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's like, hey, we're doing this and it's really exciting and the fans are really excited and you're going to pay for it. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the retailer, you know, we were banding about, you know, various ideas, and, you know, he, he said, I, I really think that, you know, you know, because I was, I was suggesting, you know, crazy stuff, like, they should just do a 300% free overship, you know, uh-huh. and he's like, no, no, you, you can't, because the retailers have to share the risk. Well, you know, I'm happy to share the risk if it's a risk that I'm choosing to take, you know, and that's right. the problem with this to me is that we're we're throwing out the the, the, the bathwater and the baby's going with it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. If if we're just looking at at the existing comic book readership, I am fairly certain that almost all these books are going to flop. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think looking at that picture of the new Teen Titans, I don't think that any of the current Titans readership will naturally want to be buying this new version. Right. Now, you might be able to convince some of them to do so. The other thing that happens, and this gets into sort of esoterica about, about how retailing it, it works, you know, when, when you sign up, a, when you have a point-of-sale system and you sign up a customer to a, to a book, it, it, you're not actually signing up to the title. You're signing up to something called a series code, which is an internal thing that's invisible to the, to the consumer. Mm. So I'm signing someone up to series 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Sure. This new Batman is no longer 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. It's now 7, 8, 9, 3, 4, 2. And mm-hmm. so the numbers, they don't just translate over. And even if they did, people aren't going to want that to happen. So, like, for example, when, when we went from Thor to Mighty Thor number one, mm-hmm. we lost over half our subscribers. Wow. Because wow. half the people who were buying Thor... Actually, the funny thing is most of them are buying Journey into Mystery now. But but they like I don't want new Thor. I don't want Mighty Thor number one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not interested in it. This is a good place for me to to end that. So so the point of sales it literally is that that dreaded jumping off point in that you have to manually get people to opt in to the new title. Yes. I see. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's going to be problematic. I was actually wondering how you're going to be approaching, <laughs> as the guys who put together the newsletter for the store, that I'm no longer part of that team. I kind of have to say I'm relieved that I don't have to worry about putting together a newsletter with 52 <laughs> new titles. I'm it. relieved that Brian's doing that this month. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm – well, no, you're, you're still doing regular automatopia. I'm no, doing, no, I know, I know. But that, well, actually, you know, I, what I've decided is, is I'm going to do a second onomatopoeia this month. That's just, just going to be DC oh. books. Uh, and, and that makes sense. I, There's 52 of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it not like onomatopoeia where, where there's an article and then there's a sign-in sheet. I'm going to make the article the sign-up sheet. So it's, uh, it's I, I can't really verbally describe this, sure. but I'm going to have the cover of each book and the one line about it, and you'll mark right there and then if you want that yeah, book Yeah, you just or not. check the box, and then you give the entire it, booklet back to you. Exactly, because, right. I mean, the, oh, I, I have to present all 52 covers here, I, I, I believe. You know, mm-hmm. It's not like when we do a normal onomatopoeia, I've only got room for four or five DC covers. Well, I've got to give them all 52. There's no way that this works if I don't give every single cover and every single book described out in detail. Yeah. So, you know, and, there, and there, here's another thing. I, you know, this is going to cost me a lot of money to do. You know, yeah, yeah, and 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 with no guarantee in the existing clientele that that money will actually ever come back to me, and in fact, history suggests that it won't. Right. You know, so this is a this is a bold move that DC is making, a big big gamble, but you know they're sort of making it with my money. Right. Right. I mean, they're making it with their money too, obviously. 
No, no, but it's, sure. it's, not, it's not even sort of. They're pretty much making it with all the retailers' money. This is a ridiculous gamble for retailers. Right. They, the, you know, DC and Warners has a hell of a lot more to lose uh, money-wise than the average retailer does. Okay, here's my here's my question. I've been saying this to other people this week. What happens if this fails? <laughs> no, really, it's it's done, it's, it's oh, disaster. I mean, it's, I mean, it's completely it's direct market meltdown, right? Yeah, no, it is. It is because DC is roughly a third of the direct market, and you know, if we were to lose that third, I mean, obviously, we're not going to lose the whole entire third, right? But even if we lose ten percent of of the volume. I, I don't see how most stores stay in business. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Not not when it's going to happen all of a sudden. It's you know it's it's not like you're gradually bleeding out and you can adjust. It's going to be pretty much an all of a sudden kind of thing. Right. So yeah, no, no, this will be a complete and utter disaster. Uh, uh, you know, for for comic publishing as as we understand it in America. And how how what's the What's is there an over under for the time frame of when everyone knows that it's toast? And I don't mean just in the sense of like, you know, obviously we'll know when stores start shuttering their, you know, uh, their doors. But but also like kind of like if I, I'm if, not even thinking about stores, I'm thinking within a year, Warner's is going to decide whether it's worth it or not. Right. I mean, the other thing is if the Green Lantern movie fails as well, mm-hmm. then DC is fucked. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, they, if the if the relaunch fails and the movie fails, Warner's is just going to be like, uh, I know we said we had a three year plan. No. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you the over under though. I mean, I think the over under is January because mm-hmm. we're looking at a September launch. Right. So number one in September, October for number two. This you know, and so in January we're issue what four or five there. Right. That's when we're going to know whether this succeeded or failed. And first quarter of the year is is always the hardest quarter of the year. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah, no, I, I think we will start. You know, if this fails and if stores start going out of business and cascade failure, that's going to happen in February or March, the latest. Okay. Um, you know, and and I think it'll happen very, very rapidly if if indeed that happens. But I'm I'm really trying to be positive and optimistic about this because again, I think the potential here. I really want to underline this: is we could bring in so many people to sample comics. Agreed. This is the, our best chance in a generation to do so. Right. You know, and and you know, if there's anything standing in the way of that, because DC has been talking, you know, we've been talking to them, and they're saying they are going to be doing marketing, they are going to be doing promotion, they're going to be doing paid advertising. They said in a conference call that they are planning on doing television advertising for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's huge. Huge. Even if it's only one or two ads on the Sci-Fi Channel, I, I don't even know what it's going to be. They didn't get into that level of detail yet, but well, that's huge. Yeah, but at the same time, Vertigo has been doing DC advertising, uh, doing TV advertising with BBC America for the last year. Has that had any effect? Yeah, but they're not advertising. They're not. Vertigo has not been advertising. A, Here's where you start. Right. That's, that's true. The yeah, they, they've been like, we have comics. They exist. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This. This holds the potential to be a very, very best chance in a generation focused, come in, it's now or never, you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, the upside on this is, is ginormous. The downside's, you know, really scary. So right. it, it, it's all or nothing, yeah. Well, and the, the, the other elephant in the room, I guess, is, 
it, DC is doing advertising, but they're also doing day and date digital. So, I mean, have they have they provided any assurances that they're going to be pushing, getting people into the comic stores? Is it is it stuff where it's like, is this advertising being tied to their branded app where they're showing people reading these books on their iPads? Or, I mean, is that is that a, a not being addressed, and is that, or isn't it a worry for you at that point? No, you know, we, I mean, we asked the question, and, and they said that it is their intention to continue to push people towards print, because they make a lot of money doing print, and print is a very stable business for them, mm-hmm. and they would be foolish not to do so. I mean, this is, this is what they're saying. Having said that, you know, if, if you do national advertising, mm-hmm. you know, go read DC Comics, the overwhelming majority of the country has no physical location they can buy DC Comics at. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just just from a mechanical point of view, right. you know, if you're in, in you know, some small town in Iowa, you you could not buy, a, you know, uh, at the comic shop. You might be able to buy it at the Barnes & Noble, maybe, if mm-hmm. there's a Barnes & Noble in your small town in Iowa, but there's probably not even that. Mm-hmm. So, so realistically speaking, you know, they're going to have to co-push the the digital sort of at the worst case scenario. Now, having said that, I don't think that comics, DC comics, superhero comics in particular, as we understand them, are going to be particularly successful on telephones. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're, and I don't think that the, that the, that computer monitors are formatted for them. It's, I mean, it's really the iPod and the iPad kind of deals that, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a successful format for digital comics, right? Mm-hmm. There's only 20 million iPads, or 25 million, I think, was, was the number I just saw. 25 mm-hmm. million iPads in, in, in existence. Mm-hmm. If you assume one-tenth of one percent, which would be a phenomenally high, phenomenally high retention rate, mm-hmm. uh, you're looking at 25,000 copies sold. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, 25,000 copies compared to what these books can be selling in print is, is nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think you're going to see 25,000 copies of Mr. Terrific being sold. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20, that's 25,000 copies. I'm thinking that's going to be what Batman might come in at. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but, but the direct market already is selling 70 or 80,000 copies of Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so, so yeah, I just don't, I don't really see that. And that's, and again, that's assuming a completely crazy level of, of penetration. Right. And, and also here's the other thing. Well, I think that when we get into, the, the, there's a natural cyclical drop that happens on a periodical comic book. Mm-hmm. In a print marketplace, that drop is almost always at least 20% between issue one and two, another 20% between, between two and three. Right. Then it goes to about 5% a month for, through to about eight or nine, and then you start getting into that 1% drop. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what's going to happen if people sample on the iPad, though. I think what you're going to see is you may see a high number, but I suspect what you're going to see for issue number two is like a 60% drop. Mm-hmm. You know, Because I think that the, the very idea of I have to come back in four weeks and do this again, if you, don't, if you haven't identified a location to do that in mm-hmm. and, and that store hasn't given you motivation to come back, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, you know, assuming that we get we get good kinds of discounts and incentives, and that this is profitable to do, you know, I, I would think of it as a retailer. You know, if people come in for the print object and they buy number one, 
I want to give them a bounce back coupon mm-hmm. to get them to come back for two and three or four. I'm going to try to incentivize the customer to come back in. Right. Whereas I just don't see that that working particularly well in the digital space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's a couple of things that are not re- like still unknown. First of all, we don't know what digital is happening because DC have said they're partnering with Apple and Apple have announced they're doing subscriptions with iOS 5. So they could offer like year-round subscriptions for the DC titles when they launch. Yep, they could. I mean, I don't, but the thing is, will anyone sign up for that as well? If they're just trying issue one, are they really going to sign up for a year? Well, it depends, it depends on, if they do that, it depends on the pricing. I mean, you know, yeah, if, exactly. if, you, if you were to go, you know, hey, it's $10 for the first year, you know, I could see, I could see, you know, several thousand people doing that. But, but, but they're not going to do that because they're not going to massively undercut the direct market that way. I, I, I would agree with that statement as well, but they could. They, they, yeah, they could, but I really don't think it's likely. The so other you... thing is, uh, Walking Dead went day and day digital last year. Mm-hmm. And ever since they've done that, according to the sales charts, their uh, print sales have gone up every month. But their sales, there's the, the print sales have been going up fairly consistently for three or four years. Yeah, Walking Dead's a really tough one to build any sort of case structure around, unfortunately, I think. But but you could make make a case that it's not good to bring it down. Well, there is that. Because it could have at least flatlined print, Mm -hmm. but it's not. Print continues to go up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been been saying for years, it is my belief that that the the digital should function as the newsstand, Mm -hmm. you know? It used to be we had a very robust sampling mechanism for comics in this industry. Mm-hmm. It was the newsstand, you know. Um, we don't have that because there basically are no newsstand sales anymore, uh, or newsstands for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, the first comics that I bought was at the corner, the corner bodega, you know, the, the corner store. Right. Um, you know, I think that's true for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, there were comic book shops then too. You know, it's just we had to make a special trip in Manhattan to to, to go there. Right. You know. Um, but the right around the corner from my house, I could buy comics, and that's how I got into it as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I absolutely think that that this can this this can work. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just you you know they they really they're going to have to spend a lot of money, like a lot of money, I think, to to get the to get the material into the stores. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we we talked about this a long time ago in the past, uh, about ten years ago. Roughly, um, DC did a test where they overshipped something like twenty or thirty stores, three hundred percent of what those stores ordered for three months. Mm-hmm. I was one of the stores that was participating in this test. The actual the, the test was in fact my idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Bob Wayne was one who implemented it, but it was my concept. Um, and the results of it were, if if I remember correctly, um, that every single book went up in sales. Over the over the group of retailers, maybe not necessarily in each individual store, that mm-hmm. that even the best selling book went up by like five or ten percent in sales, and the lowest selling book, which I if I remember correctly was Scooby Doo, it went up like two hundred and fifty percent. So the, the the implication of this is that retailers as a class are ordering too conservatively mm-hmm. and aren't bringing in enough material, and literally, if you build it, they will come. Right. Right. So so. It's, that is still true, and I suspect it's gotten even more true over the years as we've added more SKUs into the system, stock-keeping units, mm-hmm. um, that, that 
yeah, that we're we're probably as a class we're probably dramatically under ordering comics, mm-hmm. and this is again the perfect opportunity to find out if that's true, right? And to retrain us as, as to how to how to actually bring in material. But you do not get the impression that the DC is currently that that is an element of what they're they're doing currently. Well, okay. Here's here's what I'll say. You know, in in perfect fairness, if I were going to be offering a free overshift. Mm-hmm. I would not be telling anybody about it until after they'd placed their orders. Oh, of course, right. Because otherwise you would just get everyone conservatively ordering. Check. They, right, got Yeah. It. Okay. No, that, that doesn't mean that they are doing it, but I mean, sure. that, that they have not announced it is not evidence that they're not doing that. Right, fair enough. Right, because they, they as you point out, they uh, it is in their best interest not to announce that yeah. beforehand. I see. Interesting. Um... Hmm. Well, I, that Graham, you've got some clever follow-up questions. I can tell. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here listening. It's all fine. No, I've got a question. So, based on everything that we've seen, do you think the biggest impediment to this working are the books themselves? Well, yeah, always. Because it's I always. But that, no, but I mean, looking at things like Teen Titans yesterday, I can't believe anyone's going to buy that. Right, but I mean, I you know the only but you can't believe that anybody was going to buy that only because it doesn't look anything like any previous incarnation of Teen Titans ever, right? No, but it but it does look like things that people were buying twenty years ago. Is the thing like I, right. if they're trying to get new? This really Teen Titans and almost every book they announced yesterday with all the the teen superheroes seems very much aimed at not just the lapsed reader but a very particular lapsed reader. It well, seems the very so narrow. Lapsed reader was buying an awful lot of comics at that point. I guess I don't know. I just I'm worried that there's so much dross that like it's a it's all a great idea and they're all like it's all very bold and they should completely be applauded and then you see the books and you're like oh if only those were a little bit better mm-hmm. yeah well so, so let me let me ask you this Grim because I think you're a little more connected into some of the knowledge things than I am you know I, I know retailing but but you know you know more about what's going on backstage of comics. How how far in advance do you think, or have you heard, the rumblings of this? Oh, uh, Jeff and I were talking about this yesterday. I think this, well, that's not true. I heard the start of Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, Justice League, like, last year. Right. So they've been working on this for a while. But I think they made the decision to do the relaunch in September, in March, when they announced that Batwoman wasn't going to be shipping in April. Okay. Because that's the same month they announced that uh, Static Shock wasn't going to be shipping, and all of a sudden things just got moved back. So I so think, in the, other I think words, what you're saying like from three months ago. From, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. So what you're saying is from so from March to to now, we're basically talking three either three or four months to gestate these 52 books, right? Yeah. So clearly, some of them. I mean, whether or not it's in a new DC universe or an old DC universe, you know, Jeff and John doing Justice League. Could, could have gotten started, you know? Yes. Uh, we're doing Aquaman, we're doing Batwoman. Those are number ones they were going to launch anyway. So we can kind of sort of deduct all that stuff. That still leaves probably 40 new pitches, though, mm-hmm. to get through in three or four months. Right. Now, I, you know, I, the creative community seems to me like they talk and gossip among each other a lot. And I haven't heard anything about, you know, DC was inviting new pitches. Mm-hmm. So it strikes me sort of logically that this is DC generating these pitches and trying to find creative teams to match them to. 
DC were inviting pitches for specific books. That that was like out there, and that was out there. God, when did Brightest Day start? It was, was within like, it was it was within like three months of Brightest Day being okay. launched. Because I remember specifically, people were like, "Yeah, apparently they're asking for Firestorm pitches." So okay, yeah. So that's that's whenever that was, the end of the last year. Okay, because it just seems like this is a very tight time frame to make. Oh, to get fifty, yeah, to get say like you know forty odd titles, yeah, it's it's tight to turn them around and make them all winners. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's where the my big fear in this is is you know the last time they tried something anywhere near the scale of this project would be one year later, you know, mm-hmm. and I I think that one year later showed that you know probably half those books were half baked. You know, yes. or, or, or being thrown together at the last minute, or, or whatever. I mean, they they weren't thought out changes necessarily. You know, um, and I think that's my concern with with as a you know as a as a comics commentator as opposed to a retailer. You know, my, yeah. my big concern there is that yeah, this looks like it was thrown together. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's titles don't seem to make sense. There, uh, Jeff and I were going through them yesterday, and there was a lot of. You know, well, they had to have 52 books, so I guess that's why that's being published. Yeah. 5% of the titles are Wildstorm titles. You know what I said? Yeah, Is it 5%? 5% really? now? Well, there's, it's 3 out of 52, so that would be that would be 5%. Well, there's uh, Voodoo and... Uh, and then Grifter and Stormwatch. Uh, yeah, oh, Grifter. And Grifter. Stormwatch. I totally forgot about Grifter. Yeah. They don't want you to forget about Drifter, Jeff. <laughs> they want you to be thinking about Drifter all the time. You know, the best way that they could do that would be to give me something other than Grifter. You know what I mean? Like, if well, they, they just they did, didn't, didn't you didn't you see the pitch that uh, Grifter is is Rom Space Knight now? Oh, I wait, wait, is he? Oh my God! It, it suddenly beats Mister Terrific as my favorite DC pitch. <laughs> as he said, Brad, you're completely dissing. Mr. Terrific all the time. Mr. Terrific has the greatest pitch of all. That's right. We were talking about... He's, we are he's both using his mind it. and fists against science. That's spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I actually, unfortunately, hadn't seen the pitch for, for Grifter. I just saw the art. And it was like, oh, okay, there's Grifter. Yeah, he exists. Let's yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he's, no, he he's, is. He's fighting, the, he's fighting the dire race, basically. He's it's, hunting it's, uh, and exterminating uh, and human creatures hidden in human form. Creatures, creatures that, old, that only he can see. How is right. that not Grom Space Knight? Uh, to be fair, it could also be that John Carpenter movie. No, it's Rom Space Knight. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, at, least, at least Rom Space Knight should have a positive association with, with guys like us. You know? Well, true, true, true. And looking at the imagery, it does look a little more Rom Space Knight, <laughs> the, 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 the invisible wraithy type things, I suppose. Uh, I was completely distracted. I just scrolled down and saw the Keith Giffen OMAC cover. <laughs> I know. Isn't that kind of glorious? Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that's one where I'm just like, having seen that, I was like, oh... It, the thing that broke my heart is like, oh, and Dan DiDio is scripting it. But can I? I just, I just want to, I want to keep on the scripting thing because I want to say the other, the other comparison I'll make to Ralph Space Knight here is neither of them have noses. Oh yeah. <laughs> or mouths. Or mouth, exactly. So they are the same character. Well, thank you. I actually, <laughs> I feel properly schooled. <laughs> Honestly, if somebody had told me back when Wildcats launched, like, look out for that guy. He's actually Rom Space Knight. I would have been all over that shit for much uh, at all is what I should yeah. say. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, are there are there books that you're excited about, Hibbs? Oh, I mean, sure. I, I, you know, I'm I'm excited potentially about about Justice League. Um, you know, if if Grant Morrison's writing Superman, I'm excited by that. Right. Um, I I have always had a you know a huge man crush on on. Uh, well, a huge crush crush, not just a man crush, on, on Barbara Gordon. So, you know, yeah, right. maybe that could be interesting with her as Batgirl. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's possibilities there. You know, uh-huh. I, I'm, I intend to keep an absolutely open mind about this. And in fact, you know, I've been actually thinking about this in terms of the Savage Critics. I actually think I want to stop reading DC Comics entirely for the next three months so that, so that I'm not, you know, so that when, when the new number ones come that I actually can appreciate them. Right. You know? Right. You have just said the worst case scenario for DC for the next three months. Really? They're like, yeah. no, but, but Flashpoint, what? <laughs> yeah, but, but what does what Flashpoint matter now? You know, I mean, they, they, all they have left to show us is a Superman book. So clearly, you know, we're not getting Emperor Aquaman and we're not getting any of the Flashpoint. We're not, we're not getting, well, I, at least I, I don't think we're getting that, that Captain Thunder version of Shazam, which actually would have been awesome. I, um, I think we might do. I think, I mean, well, I mean Flashpoint and the minis, we're definitely getting, like, the Secret Seven is pretty much a lead into just, just Leaked Ark. And right. uh, the Frankenstein book's a lead into Frankenstein, surely. It's the same writer, same character. Right. So, Grant's well, the theory is... So, right. Uh, maybe it is. We don't know. Well, maybe it is, yeah. That's true. But but Graham seems to think that we're going to be seeing the outsider and I I did and then it I did and then they announced the the, the titles today. There's only six books left and they haven't announced the Superman book yet. And that that's four of them right there. So yeah, I, I I'm maybe five if they're doing Superman Batman because Superman Batman has traditionally been um, a Superman family book rather than a Batman family book. Mm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I don't know what we're going to see now. But the other thing is. Do you think these are all the titles, or do you think we're going to get more launches in October? I think we'll probably get some more launches in October, but, you know, they have to be very smart about that, because I think the market's still going to be reeling and absorbing, you know, um, from from what happened in September. Right. You know, I mean, I've, I've already got 52 numbers, you know, 52 new things to think about. I, I don't know that you can add six more and, and, have, <laughs> and have that work, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm wondering how long they're going to have to take off from doing anything like this. Yeah, you know, and I wonder about things like backlist. You know, um, I mean, right. this is a conversation that that we brought up with DC that DC actually had not considered. I mean, I literally wonder if if anybody who who might be buying a Birds of a Trade paper trade paperback will want a Birds of Prey trade paperback come September. Sure, you know, of the old version. Because right. it looks like the old version and the new version have nothing to do with each other. Will they want the Stephanie Batgirl material? Will they want Red Robin with Tim Drake, you know, as backlist? So there's a there's an enormous chance here that an awful lot of material is going to get uh, orphaned in the marketplace. Um, Wait, I mean, did, you know, DC hadn't thought about that? They hadn't particularly considered it, no. I, oh, I think God. that they... I, the, the the way that it was presented to us is, oh, why would people suddenly not want this stuff? Well... Because it's not valid anymore is, is my response. But I, I, they just hadn't they hadn't made that. This is understandable. There's a lot of things to, to come in in here. Um, well, and to to be fair, I mean, not that it's a huge part of their trade paperback market, but they do have elements of trades where they are selling collections of material that are no longer quote unquote valid, right? Like they sell Silver Age material that's collected that has nothing to do with Crisis. Well, absolutely, yeah, but that's selling to a nostalgia market, right? Yeah. 
That's not selling to a current readership market. Mm-hmm. That's selling to a nostalgia customer. Generally speaking, the people who are buying Silver Age uh, Superman collections are 50 and 60 years old. Right. For the most part. Right, no, and you I know? know it's a very small element of the trade paperbacks, but I can see why they would be... Yeah, exactly, exactly. ...to be confused. Uh, you know, here, here's another question. How much inventory for, like, you know, commissioned Batman stories or commissioned whatever are they going to be throwing away? Right. You know? Is, are, are there Titans pages sitting around somewhere for the old version of Titans that they just, well, we can't use any of this anymore? You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There might be thousands of pages of material that just are like, well... But then but, then they can have from the DC vaults, just like Marvel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Always important. The vaulted books. Yeah, I, um, think, I think they have to not even mention the old DC universe for at least a year. Sure. At least a year. If that. You know, I mean, in theory, I think the, the longer you go, the, the more you can build up a charge for it. So... Yeah. I mean, provided provided the marketplace is still around, you know, two or three or four years down the road, you know, what whatever the distance is, I, I think my my rule of thumb is however long Thor was out of action. I mean, how many years was that? Was that three or four? That was like four three years. years. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that seems like about the right length of time, as far as I can tell. So, yeah. if you can afford to do it. Um, yep. Uh, have you heard anything about uh, is DC going to be doing anything for as far as um, launch parties or issue two coupons or any of the other stuff that you've mentioned to to help the retailers? They, they have not told us about any of that yet, but they they still haven't told us all fifty two comics. You know, so the, I would expect that, that would not begin to, that information would not really begin to roll out until next week or the week after. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, again, I mean, th- this is me. I I think that they made a horrible mistake by not having, um, you know, a, a glossy, you know, sort of ju- direct channel style flyer mm-hmm. for those of, uh, with, with long memories, um, you know, to be in the stores next week with all the new number ones on it. Right. Um, you know, if they're planning on that, it isn't on my invoice for next week. Um, right. yeah. and I, I don't think, I don't think that they planned that. I don't think, I, I think that if we see that it's going to be two or three weeks before FOC or two or three weeks before the books actually start shipping. Right. Yeah. I, I think by that point, it, I think we'll see it the same. That's point, it'll be too late. Flashpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think you know, here's here's actually what I really think. I think that from a marketing perspective, they're really handling this by old direct market paradigms. Right. Right. You slowly release. You tease things out. You know, that's how you do it. That's how you gain the maximum exposure in the current existing marketplace. And I think that's that is a poor thought because I think what we really need here is for the new marketplace right. um, that could come out of this. Um, right. I, I feel as a retailer uh, you know, last Wednesday when we all knew, we knew that this was happening but we had no information and customers were coming into the store and some customers because they were like you know, seconds ago on the internet, knew more about what was going on than me, the guy who has to sell them. This is a problem, I think. Right, that, yeah. that's kind yeah. of a huge problem. You know, I mean, people are coming in, what does this mean? And and me and the staff, well, I wasn't there on Wednesday, but, but the staff had to go, oh, we really don't know. We have no idea, but let's get excited about it. You know, I mean, we still have to try and try and sell this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's very difficult to sell things when you don't know what they are or you know, or what the deal is. Mm-hmm. 
and then we're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, that may be our super cheerful ending, gentlemen, because it yes. it's super close to noon. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, but again, I, I, I think this was cheerful. I mean, I think there really is a, a good possibility for growth here. It's yeah, just that yeah, yeah, I. Yeah. Being a pessimist, I am horribly afraid they're going to fuck it up. Well, and I, th- I think the clearest message to take from this really is the idea of if 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 you're trying to build a new paradigm, you can't really market it via the old paradigm ways. And it seems like that's sort of what they're doing a little bit. And it's it's a little it's well, a little I, troubling. I, I think the worry is also I don't think DC necessarily knows what the new paradigm is. Well, in theory, do you think there aren't aren't they aren't they building it or are you are you is there a new no, I, I I think they're like this is going to be massive. Right. And if someone's like what's it going to be? They're like massive. And they have, <laughs> they have no beyond that. You know, they're just like this will be really big and good. Right. And that's all we can tell you. Right. Because that's that's what we have to have. Yeah. So. Because because we really need big and good. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they've thought it through beyond that. Yeah, it's which seems crazy considering what a huge, huge undertaking it is. I mean, it, and a huge risk. It seems sort of crazy to just kind of like sit down at the table and be like, okay, I've got myself like three really good cards on this poker hand. Uh, I'm going to just go all in here because I. Yeah, but but they've clearly not thought it all the way through. I mean, if they've not thought about maybe our backlist isn't going to sell so well because it doesn't count anymore. Sure. If that is a if that is something they've not approached, then they've not thought it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. No. Agree. Well, agreed. I mean that that's clearly a huge gap. Part of me wonders why they would announce day and date digital so early in the cycle of this stuff, I suppose. Oh, because it's a massive news story. If they oh. just said, we've relaunched the, the, the line, everyone would be like, you'd split the internet in half, but it would be, that's great, and that's shit, but there wouldn't be the, oh my god, this is a game changer, that Dane Tate Digital got. Right. But, yeah, I guess, again, it seems like they're paying more attention to the effect that they're going to have on the news marketplace as opposed to the effects that they're really going to have on the marketplace. You know yeah, but I mean? it's it's but it's all about the news marketplace now. No, 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 no. People only think it's about the news marketplace, but Mindshare is not what's happening on your web browser. You know what I mean? Or it's not just. Like, there's no point in winning, I think, just the Mindshare of the, of the news cycle and expecting that to turn into massive sales or even a success because there have been lots of other things where it's like oh yeah we're totally inundated with you know a good example might be fear itself you know fear itself is getting at least as much press as civil war did but it's not it's not doing civil war sales and it's it's not going to yeah but fear itself isn't isn't getting the same amount of press fear itself is getting some press but fear itself doesn't have half the amount of buzz people aren't really talking about fear itself or if they are i I, I won't eat yeah, I won't even say a tenth of it. I mean, Fear Itself had the initial, the superheroes are fighting each other. It had Spider-Man unmasks. Mm-hmm. It had, there was one more beat in there, and I don't remember what it is. Off the, oh, and Cap dies. I mean, there were three right. major, major, major news stories that came out of that. Right. That were Whereas, on the news. But they yeah, were on Fear, CNN, you know? Mm-hmm. Fear Itself has had Cap die, and no one knew. The right. number of people who said, is he dead? Right. No, I couldn't tell. 
People, people read the fucking comic and they didn't know what happened. That, people, that, that would be me. No, but, I mean, but that, that, something happened. But. but that's proof that fear itself is not the same as Civil War. Because even if you didn't understand something happened in Civil War, so many people were talking about it that you couldn't avoid it. But I don't think that – but you're talking about people. You're not talking about – I'm talking about the news cycle. I mean unless you're talking about like – unless you're talking about commentators on the news. I certainly feel like I can go to any fucking comics news website and find out – what's happening on fear itself in fact there's some sure, cases where that's the only thing where i can find but out. at the same time you can say that about almost any comic these days well which is, is kind of precisely my point there's no i don't think that winning the news cycle translates into people actually talking about your book but that's just it they're not trying to win the news cycle to the to that end they're trying to win the news cycle so that people do talk about their books and they've won that's what's happened people have been talking about dc for the last week and a half marvel has killed off bucky canceled on canny x-men and no one is really talking about it they're right. still talking about the dc news of a week ago yeah and and yeah, i'm look, saying i mean look just just my little thread on savage critic has you know hit a hundred something responses? When was the last time we hit a hundred something responses? I don't yeah. think we ever hit a hundred something. Responses. Yeah, exactly. Right. Th- this has really, really, really touched something. But but you guys are saying, and it would not have if they hadn't also announced the digital. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't have. No. Hmm. I, I, I definitely. I think it's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That, you know, and, and, and again, when we're talking about Civil War, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing I really want to underline with Civil War is, again, Civil War was on CNN, and people were talking about it. Civilians were coming in sure. going, hey, I heard about this thing. Right. What is this? Tell right. me about this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Civil War hit the numbers that are roughly twice what, what uh, Fear Itself is doing. Sure. You know? No, it, I totally not agree. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, but I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, I I just feel that there is a mistake for assuming that just because everyone is talking about it online, that doesn't necessarily mean that people are talking about it outside of that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that a huge component of people are talking about, for example, DC Day, uh, Day and Date Digital. I do not think that – I think that outside the marketplace, I think that if this is getting coverage in, in USA Today and things like that, it's more about the, the, the DC line being rebooted, right? Yeah, but that's because Day and Date doesn't really count to them, whereas I, it will when the books come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I exactly. guess I, – I, okay. Well, I, I, see, I see your point, but I sort of feel like we're – Engaging in moving targets here, in, in that sense. So yes, but this is this is all moving targets right now. You know, because there's <laughs> no, too many. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, your I mean, guys' goals. There are 52 I don't mean, targets, but right. the but the nature of those 52 targets is changing. You know, based upon various pieces of information, there's a there's a lot going. There's so many moving parts in this. It's kind of insane. Agreed. No, I know that. I, I, I am aware, but... Um, well, and it sounds like there might be more moving parts than DC themselves actually considered, of course. I think I think when you were talking about just being able to see the top surface of things and not being able to see all the rest of the gears that are going underneath, I think the thing that, of course, gets troubling at that point is who is seeing those gears, you know? And it's probably a number of people in, Warner, in Warners that are, you know, that you have to hope are educated enough about the direct marketplace 
Um, and even then, apparently, still aren't entirely thinking things, you know, haven't thought of every possibility, which sort of makes sense. But how can you? Because there are so many pieces. I mean, you know, I just, just while we're talking, you know, again, I, was, I thought about the DC Universe online. I started thinking about, uh, you know, what about people who have licensed Superman? Superman's costume just changed. That's right. huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. There's, there's people out there who have inventory of beach towels and lunch boxes for the old costume. Right. What are they going to do with that stuff, you know? Right. Um, no, but, what is it for that... underoos? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, beach towels and a lot of the merchandising is retro. It is is the nostalgia market, and I think that is going to remain relatively untouched. It's just going to create a secondary market for current day Superman mm-hmm. beach towels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe so. It's just it's just there are a lot of pieces there. And if I were a licensee mm-hmm. of DC, I I might be very upset that they're changing the costumes. You know. I might yeah, not no, be. no, no, no. I, no, I, I see your point. Like, I really think that just change, changing Superman's costume is going to be massive. But not only that, if you're a licensor and all of a sudden the news gets spun that Superman is getting a divorce, as opposed to the rewriting of history and he's never married in the first place, is that going to affect what your license is worth? There's going to be a lot of things coming from this. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see what the the various unintended consequences are in that regard. We'll see. I mean, the next few months are going to be crazy. Anything between now and December is going to be insane. San Diego is going to be fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, that, it's funny. You said I, that. I can't, like can't, wait for the, can't wait for the panels of San Diego. Just the panels, just also the 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 kind of ambience of the the freelancers, I think. You know, the people around there who are either chasing work or who have work. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then I mean, then we get into the other th- the other big, big, big question is what's Marvel going to do? Because right. you know the Marvel, I mean, Marvel obviously can't counter program for September, and they probably can't do anything for October or maybe November. Sure. But by December, it may well be that Marvel, you know, could could do a sudden hasty, crazy plan mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm hoping that they don't. Boy, am I hoping that they hold off until you know second quarter next year. But they could. They could do something of this in first quarter, and then really all bets are off. Because, you know, Marvel, it, you know, it's, 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 it's funny. We were having the, the phone conference with DC, and, and Bob Wayne said something along the lines of, you know, well, we know that, you know, that historically DC has always been the sober and sane member of the family who you knew you could count on it. It's a little strange to look at us, you know, suddenly getting arrested for drunk driving or I don't know exactly how he put it, but it was something along that line, you know, and, and, and so, you know, but, but Marvel's, Marvel's the insane one of the family, you know, Marvel's the one who will do something that's just like, and we, you know, we don't actually care about what happens to any of you guys, you know, you're just going to either eat it or or die, you know? And, and so the counter response to this almost scares me more than what DC's doing. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Is, yeah, uh, if they suddenly decide, we're going to go bigger, then, right, right. oh, crap. A hundred number ones. Right. And they're all going to ship weekly. You know, I mean, I... I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, again, talking about Mindshare, like, Uncanny X-Men gets cancelled today, and pretty much the internet's collective reaction is, huh, right. I mean, what, what can Marvel do that doesn't seem underwhelming now? Yeah. Oh, bigger. That's the only thing they can do. But, but they can't because even okay, they can't do day and day because DC's done it first. They can't relaunch the entire line because DC's done it first. 
Well, how so do you do get bigger? Day. You know what they do? You know, they, they do day and day to 99 cents, like the pundits want. Yeah. Oh. That's how you go bigger. Yeah, that's it. You you just do... Yeah, but Marvel will never do that. Never. Because it's... They, Marvel does not leave money... Not even on the table. Marvel doesn't leave money on your pocket. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, I, I think Marvel's fucked. I really think Marvel has lost all the momentum they have about being the ballsy ones with this. And I can't see any of any way for them to realistically get it back. But they are so very realistic. Un, un, until DC fails. Because mm-hmm. based on one year later, all Marvel really has to do is wait a year, mm-hmm. and DC will have fucked it up. Well, no, not even is. a year. They have to wait, not even a quarter, in fact. It, it, yeah, by, by January, they can, they can do something. Yeah. You know? They can start um, stepping in and having stuff. And I imagine that they will. I imagine they'll have some sort of New Year initiative because um, this is the other thing that's really hard. Despite all the other stuff that sort of changed uh, at the top levels of DC um, over the last year, you know, the the middle is still really impressively mired in very bad management, I think, and, and, and kind of not particularly good handling of talent. Uh, and I think that those are factors that that add up as time goes on, you know? Yeah, um, I, and and I do think that that's that's the sort of thing that they may not be looking at or assuming that they have to change. And I really think that that will have this huge. It's the same. It's it's exactly what happened in one year later. And I have to say, like, it was really disquieting to see the announcement that people were being told that they had to have three issues in by August thirty first. You know, that, while that's been our, going on for a long time, though. I, I actually knew that at, at WonderCon. Mm-hmm. I, I was told that by a DC employee at WonderCon that oh no no that that's that's happening. So maybe it wasn't communicated out to all the freelancers properly. But I mean, one of the rare cases where I knew that. Um, you know, right, you didn't know that the relaunch, but you but you had somebody assure you that they were going the, to try. Be and... Three three months of everything in the can was the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that that was going to be a no exceptions kind of thing. Right. So um, you know, yeah. You know, and then I, I mean, I, then I wonder what other publishers are going to do too. I mean, I, you know, the the day after DC first announced this was when when Dark Horse announced the the free digital comic thing, and I don't think anyone even noticed. Like, no, I, I remember hearing about that on I think the House of Astonished podcast. And I was kind of like, where did this come from? How did I not know about this at all? <laughs> Yeah, I have to say I'm I'm basically not following that. Is that is that the one where it's the the digital download available codes available in the store or am Yeah, I... exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. I mean, that should have been that should have been huge. That should have been Dark Horse's big 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 announcement for the quarter. Right. And nobody cares, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not that people don't care, it's that the the volume I mean, you know, well let's give it to DC on this one. They actually did crack the internet on half on this one. Yeah, they know? really no, that, yeah, that's this, just this it. is like, what it's like, yeah. When DC announced that news and everyone realized they're going to be announcing a book a set of books every day, all the other companies should have just been like, We're not announcing anything. Yeah. We're just gonna s- shut up because no one's gonna yeah. pay attention to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually here's here's a question that, that, that maybe Graham you have a, a, a better sense of. Do you think <sighs> that that they <laughs> Actually, we're going to announce this the day that they announced it, or did they announce it earlier than they planned? I think they announced it earlier. Yeah, I really think they announced it earlier than planned because of Rich. Yeah. Um, But that said, 
I mean, there was. It was in what was it? USA Today. Where? What, what paper was it? It was USA Today, right? Yeah, the yeah, day after or something, right? Yeah, it was in USA Today. That it got broken on the internet on the Tuesday. It was in the USA Today on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And you you have to time that stuff in advance. That's not something you can rush in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it, it was always meant for for the uh, USA Today June first. What I think happened is that the leak came from USA Today for Rich. <laughs> I, I I think the leak came in there, right? Because DC kept things really fucking tight from him for the longest time, and then the day before it runs in USA Today, he has all the details. Right, that's yeah. where the that's broke. really suspicious. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I I definitely think that they announced everything that they announced to spoil him spoiling their surprise. Yeah, yeah, that's how it feels. And, you know, the other thing that I heard, and I, I heard this through back channels, like, with no indication that this is actually the case, but I was told that Diamond didn't find out about this plan until Rich broke it. Wow. Wow. Like, that they weren't clued in on this. Yeah. See, that's just it. If, you're, if they were breaking it properly, you would think they would have told Diamond and the retailers before they broke it. Exactly. Even even if it was that morning, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. You know like I mean, like maybe, maybe not, minutes or something. yeah, maybe not like a week ahead. But you think they would actually know about it unlike, before you know anyone who happened to go to the DC blog found out, right? Yeah. I I think it was rushed. I also know from talking to various people at various sites that they knew an announcement was coming, but they didn't think it was that. Right. So yeah, I I don't think things went to plan. Well, which which may well have worked. At least a little bit on their in their favor. I mean, like you said, they they rushed it out to avoid the the you know to beat the leak, I guess. Or but it certainly it certainly took. It seems like so many people were taken by surprise, and most of them seemed surprised that they were taken by surprise, which really sort of I think informs kind of how complex the layers of knowledge are in this industry. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I think it was, in a weird way, I think it's bigger than DC expected. I think they wanted it to be really big, but I don't think, I don't think they really realized what they were doing. Right. That, that would probably make sense, because all of a sudden they were like, okay, here, here come our announcements, I guess. Wow. <laughs> did, Graham, did you think that this was going to be the big announcement at the, at the LA event, or was yes. it just going to yeah. be? Yeah, I, I, I really, really thought this was going to be the big announcement at LA. Um, and now, I I don't know what they're going to do at LA unless they don't announce Superman tomorrow and they announce it at the LA event on Saturday. Oh, because I I figured it was either they were showing Green Lantern for the first time publicly, which they've now done because there's been critic screenings, right? Um, or they were going to announce what's happening with DCU, and they've now done both things. So I don't know why Jeff Johns and uh, Jim Lee are showing up at that event. Right? Maybe just to say hi. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I mean the hard work's done. They might as well put in the FaceTime. Oh, it's it. I'd love to be there now though, because people are just going to give them the shit. <laughs> it's going. To, it's going to be either completely worshipful or completely horrible. You think? Yes. You, you just don't think it's going to be tons of people pestering them about what they're doing, or what? I think there. I think there's going to be a lot of that. But I think it's either going to be you're so bold, this is wonderful, or why is Batgirl walking again, you bastards? <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't think there's going to be that much of a middle ground. I think that's the, that's the worry about releasing also early. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all June. By the time the books actually come out three months from now, yeah, this might all feel old. Right. They're going to have to recreate a lot of this buzz. I mean, but that's always been kind of the the whole, I don't know, staggering nature of, of the business, you know, unfortunately, is giving the retailers the proper information means that everyone sort of finds out some of the big beats like three months in advance. You know? Yeah, which is always a really big problem. If you could somehow get rid of the, the solicits online, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then that, that would be... Yeah, I know, oh, but no, if you could, that would be yeah. so good. I mean, you know, I, I was talking to DC about this, and, and I was saying, you know, from the Warner Brothers' point of view... It's not like you just told theater owners three months ago that you were doing a, a Green Lantern movie. The theater owners must have known that six or nine or, or a year ago for them to book the time, for the yeah, yeah. promotion. Oh, right. You know you about know? Show West, of course. You know. Right. You know, yeah. same, same thing with, uh, you know, if, if, if Warner Books, is, is there still a Warner Books? Well, whatever. You know, if, if it's the next Harry Potter or something like that. The bookstores know about these things six mm-hmm. months, nine months, 12 months ahead of time. Right. Why can we not make that work in comics? No, but at the what same time, so- you, but you get the same things in film. Think about it. Everyone knew Green Lantern was being made like a year and a half ago. And it was like, here's the first, like, Spider-Man released a photo from the set, and the movie release is still two years away. Well, my answer to this would be that it's the size of the pond. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing. That's the way that movies have to do things, where it's like, you know, you drop things, you show things to the theater owners, like at Show West the year before, you put images on the internet two years out, to, to sort of start this massive avalanche moving. And then, of course, you know, because comics does not have an, an entertainment tonight that you can slap stars on to give exclusive interviews for movies that open within two weeks, you know? And it's because it's millions and millions and millions of people. But when you've got an industry that is catering to 200,000 people, you know... Half a million... Yeah, uh, half a million. Uh, okay, half a half, million. Sure. Okay, half a million people. It's. I think it's very easy to oversaturate. You know, um, it, it's very easy, unfortunately, to to spoil. They feel like we can't reveal these beats because the speed at which it travels. Like you can touch. You know, even if you touch all half a million, if you spoil half a million people for a big movie that still barely touches your total complete audience, I think. I don't know. That, but, you know, I, I don't think... I think there's a, a, there's a, a much smaller number of people who actually follow comics news, who buy comics, than than we in the comics media think. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. Otherwise, you know, Thor the Mighty Avenger would have sold really well. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone online was like, this is the greatest comic ever. And everyone who saw it was like, I'm going to pick this up. And it sold shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there's a massive disconnect. Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, verbally polling my customers, I believe that less than 25% of my customers get any comic news from online whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, that was lucky, lucky bastards. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, but again, I mean, when it, the point that I was trying to make with theater owners and such is, is, you know, it's it, it just ties back to what I was saying earlier that people were coming in last Wednesday and this Wednesday and asking questions, and I had no answers. You know, but isn't, um, wouldn't you say that's by your twenty five percent, or are you talking about when the when a story blows up and and goes beyond that? 
Well, obviously the story went beyond that because because it was on USA Today. You know, right. so people knew that something was going on, but they didn't have the details. They didn't know the ins and outs of it. They wanted they want to know more about that. Right, right, you know. Right. And, and, you know, again, here I am going to have to do a special onomatopoeia that is outside of the normal parameters of what I do at, you know, a, a fairly large cost to produce this thing, and they haven't given me any more time to do so. Right. I still don't have I, – I could, I could be working on that onomatopoeia today, but I can't until, until at least tomorrow at the earliest when we find out what the last six books are. If we know? find out tomorrow. If we find out tomorrow, exactly. Um, and even that, I still can't. I can put together the outline of the onomatopoeia, but right. I can't start working on the coupons until I know what the financials on this are. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and they're not going to tell me the financials on this until at least you know the middle of June, right. end of June, uh, and and then also what's happening with issue two? I mean, if I'm doing a bounce back coupon for issues two and three. Are they giving me the financial resources to do so right. by whatever their incentives are? I like I really do need to know that information two weeks ago in order to to seamlessly work this out. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm just one comic shop. You know, I, I, I this is the part of it that drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, is is that I just you know we're not a part of this. You know, I mean. Uh, they treated us like mushrooms. They they kept us in the dark and they've been feeding us shit. You know. <laughs> well, and is there any point? Um, and is there any indication that there that's going to change? Well, eventually I, it has to. You know. Well, sure. It eventually, at some point, they have to give you some certain amounts of information. But but but, but will they do in a in a time frame in which I can maximize the benefit? No, the answer to that is almost certainly no, because because no publisher ever does. They never ever give us the the time um, to to maximize the benefit, and that's that is one of the most frustrating points about comic retailer to me. Because you know we could do so much more to help sell these books if they gave us the tools to do so, but they feel like they can't give us the tools to do so because the consumers will then know. Mm-hmm. And but are they worried about that? That when they say the consumers, you really mean the twenty five percent online? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But those people generate so much. Is it light or is it heat? I never remember which one's which. Uh, I think it would probably be light. Right. And and but not very much heat. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. But it's all this light, 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 light. Oh my God! This is really. But you know, then you find out the fire's not really hot because right. zombie only sells twelve thousand copies. And right. and Thor the Mighty Avengers sells eight, you know. Dude, Zombie Number Two went down to eight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Gr- is... gross. I mean, like, mm-hmm. liter- literally, I'm selling half of one percent of the print run of that book. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> you know, in my one little teeny tiny neighborhood store, I'm selling one half of one percent of the print run of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh... that's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. We're doing something wrong in the way that we sell comic books. It's it's clear to me. I'm not saying I'm not saying zombies should be selling a hundred thousand copies. I mean, it would be great if it did, but sure. it's a weird little book. You know, I get that, but it sure. should be selling thirty or forty, probably. Right. You know. Well, and uh, is that something that um, un- until those problems are fixed, we're sort of doomed to this sort of 
retailer Ragnarok of like, you know, universes ending and then rebooting and relaunching and then sort of slowly, you know, losing their heat and then boom, trying to get the, the hot shot again? Or, I mean, is is that something that can be addressed and fixed on the way? Or is it just the sort of thing that until it's addressed and fixed, I mean, you know, that, that these things will just sort of perpetuate? Probably the latter, mm-hmm. but that's me being a pessimist. I mean, sure. I, you know, I've, I've. You I've can like, be the pessimist. You know, I was being the pessimist earlier, and you're the one saying this is a great opportunity for comics. What well, is on. a great opportunity? I mean, that's the same thing. No, 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 no. But that, that that is true. It's just saying 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 it can be is is not necessarily optimistic. I think it's realistic. Being optimistic is saying this is. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of. I, I think that there's something to be said for trying to keep your eye on the ball in a not necessarily a pessimistic way, but I mean the a realistic way. Yeah, because I, I think the thing that's frustrating is is if we travel back in time twenty years to when it was nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety two, and all this money was flowing into the marketplace, that would have been the time to get a lot of these things fixed in a way, um, because people had a lot more wiggle room. They had a lot, there was a lot, there was enough money for there to be safety cushions, you know, yep. but instead what happened was everybody just figured out new stupid places to put the money, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, that's my thing is, is kind of the thing that's rough is being able to make these adjustments are things that you need, you know, you, you need a certain amount, you need a safety net to be able to allow people to fall. You know, and unfortunately, the the market is, I mean, the, you know, separate and apart from the, the national economy, which is a, a whole nother gear, like, right. you know, it's like, you know, in, inside that particularly horrible lean bubble is the, you know, bubble's not the right word, I suppose, oxygen tent is, you know, another very starved for oxygen um, situation that is the direct market, so... I don't know. It it does worry me. I, I you know, my hope is is that if even in a best case scenario where everything turns around and gets great, that people then take the opportunity to try and address and fix some of these problems so that it just so that we're not staring down the barrel of this uh another ten years from now, you know. Yeah, but the college industry, you know, always works on precedent. You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that that when when we brought up to the in the, in the conference call with DC that that we didn't think that the math on the the ten percent returnability worked for the lowest level of the books, it was well, but this is how we do returnability. We've right. established this. This is established, and this is the method in which it's done. Right. Without, I think, and not for, and, and I want to be very clear, not from a malicious or not from a, a sure. stupid way, but of just a, but no, but why would we rethink this? Right. You know, we spent an awful lot of time getting this into this shape. Mm-hmm. You can't go outside of the shape. What are you insane? You know? right. Exactly. Exactly. Even as they're trying to, to reinvent that shape at the same time. Yeah. 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 